Hello and welcome to a brand new weekly podcast called the Lancashire Football Show. I am your host, Ashley Edwards, and I'm a second year sports journalism student studying at UCLan. I'm 20 and I write for a website covering the club that I support, and I've hosted three podcasts prior to this one. However, this one is slightly different, as this is the first time I've hosted one with Prost International. And for more about uh, that company, there'll be details in the podcast description. Uh, and joining me today for this podcast, I have... Hi guys, my name's Ben, I'm from Bolton and I write for my local newspaper. I also have previous experience working for a, a numerous uh, numerous football clubs across the North West. We are really looking forward to getting this going and yeah, just can't wait. Hi guys, I'm Matt Smith. Uh, I'm a first year sports journalism student at UCLan. Um, I'm 25 years old. Um, I've got experience of writing for a uh, an EFL team, um, working with their media team and things like that, which is great. Uh, but it's my first time podcasting. So um, delighted to be on board. Matt, um, thanks to Prost International for giving us this opportunity. And, and like Ben said, really looking forward to get going. Yeah, and I'm Callum. I'm uh, from Birmingham, studying U- uh, sports journalism at UCLan. I've got some experience, obviously, like the other boys. I've worked for um, Warrens and Wolves, doing a podcast for them. And I've also been working on a new... I used to work for a Blues, a Birmingham City fan podcast, but we've me and a few of the lads who do that have sort of went off and made our own one. So that's sort of covering it from more of a fan standpoint. And then I've done some sort of media experience with uh, BBC Radio Manchester in the past so just like the rest of you I've got some experience and now I'm just looking forward to hitting the road with this and uh, covering the Lancashire Football Clubs. Collectively I can say we're all really excited uh, to get started with this. The four of us will be covering the biggest talking points around all the Lancashire clubs from League 2 up to the Premier League. Those clubs are Burnley, Preston, Blackburn, Blackpool, Fleetwood, Accrington Stanley and Morecambe. And in today's podcast, we'll be talking about all seven clubs where we'll be reviewing their season so far, as well as their most recent game and their next fixture. And just to give you a glimpse into today's biggest talking points, we'll be discussing Burnley's below-par performance against West Brom, who played with 10 men for over 60 minutes of that game. And elsewhere, Blackburn have now lost four games in a row and have not been in the top flight since the 2011-12 season. And as of Monday, the 22nd of February this year, Tony Mowbray has been the Rovers manager for four years. And some fans are starting to think that his time is up. And we'll be discussing, um, there'll be our two main talking points. And we'll be talking about whether their judgments are fair uh, and whether Mowbray should go or should stay. So there's our two biggest talking points for this week. However, we're going to kick it off in League Two. Yeah, just looking at... Um... At Morecambe, um, overall, they've had a, a fantastic season, really, when you compare it to previous years. Um, I think up to date, they've played 29, they've won 13, drawn 7 and lost 9. Currently fourth in the table on 46 points, three points clear in the playoff positions. Um, I think Derek Adams touched on it midweek uh, because they're not in the finest run of form. You know, their win yesterday against Barrow was their first win in five games. Um, and, and somebody asked him the question, you know, are you worried about the recent form? And um, it, there's absolutely no sense of worry at all. You know, it, it seems that everyone's in a great place mentally speaking. You know, they're all confident regardless of, uh, as, as we say, the recent form. Um, and uh, you look at the stats as well. You know, the last time they finished above 18th in League Two was the 2014-15 season when they finished 11th. So they're not used to being... Um, high up in the table. So I think it's something that not only the fans are cherishing, but also the players are really excited to be on the journey that they're on. Um, as well, you know, you look at the last time they were in the playoffs. Um, I know there's a long way to go yet, so I don't think anybody at Morecambe will, will be getting carried away just yet. But the last time they were there was in 2009-2010, uh, where they finished fourth in the league um, and ultimately lost out to uh, to Dagenham and Redbridge. So yeah, it's been a great season. He really has for Morecambe so far. And- yeah, Matt, and obviously you, you touched on it there uh, in terms of the, the change in fortunes this season for Morecambe. What what would you say has been the, the biggest the biggest change? Because obviously we're so used to seeing them them fighting at the bottom of the league, trying to avoid relegation to the conference, and now you know let, let's be honest, we we could be talking about them being in League One next season. Yeah, it's I think there's a few things really. Um, I think there's a newfound confidence going into the season. Um, 
it certainly seems from the outside looking in that all the players and, and the staff were, were well up for it. Um, you look at the playing staff as well, you know, um, Adam Phillips on loan from Burnley. Um, it was, you could argue it was harsh on them that uh, that Burnley did recall Phillips in, in January and sent him back out on loan to Accrington Stanley. Um, but even so, you know, I think a few of the uh, a few of the team wouldn't be shy in saying that they're not they, they never have been a one club man. Um, they've got real strength in depth. You know, even those who who were sitting on the bench, they, they'll always be relied on to come on and make a difference. And I think they truly believe in that. I really do. So you'd say as a whole, um, Morecambe have. I don't think overachieves the right word. I don't think ever is, but they've performed a lot better than than they initially thought. And and the objectives that the board will set at the start of the season. Till they definitely surpass them. Um, we're going to touch on their their last league game. Obviously, it was a win, um, their first win in four, I think, with two two losses and two draws. Look, looking from the perspective of of Morecambe fans in general, would they? Do you think they were worried? Um, with obviously they they played so well so far. Do you think that win will will uh, win will push them on again now? It's it's a tough one. I think the you know the the poor run of form for lack of a better word or better term should I say um, I think it was almost a reality check to the fans um, that you know they are where they are they're enjoying it they've worked hard for it but they've got to carry on working hard they can't let um, their performances or, or their attitude slip um, like I touched on earlier you know Derek Adams came out straight away in the press and said that he's not worried and I think that's setting the tone um, for the fans it, it, you look at the game yesterday it was a local derby against Barrow um, they do say that form goes out of the window, and uh, I think that was the case. You know, Morecambe looked on it from the first minute, and I, I personally think that the two-one scoreline in the end flattered Barrow a little bit. And I know they did part company with the manager after the game, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that um, fans needn't worry about you know the odd you know three or four losses or, or draws or anything like that because if they stick to the values that uh, that the the managers reinstated, then I think they'll be fine and, and potentially an exciting end to the season. Yeah, and, ju- and just to add to that one, I think it's it shows the strength in, in character resilience that Morecambe have got now. That yesterday they went barrel equalised and, and almost instantly Morecambe went back ahead. For anyone that's associated with Morecambe, you know that must be must be positive. And I think Morecambe can mount a, a playoff push in terms of obviously they're in there now, but. I would expect them to to have a few bad results now till the end of the season. They've got tough tests coming up, and but I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say they probably will do it. Yeah, I, I, fingers crossed. You know, it'd be great to see another uh, another Lancashire club doing really well. Um, you say they've got a few tough games coming up. The first one on Tuesday, they got Salford. Uh, it's a fourth versus fifth clash. Um, I think if we're looking at recent form, Salford are doing a little bit better. They've won two and drawn one of the last three games. Uh, and there's only one point separating the two teams in the league. But for Morecambe, you know, they're back at home. Um, they, they've not played at home for a few games now. So familiar surroundings. And like you say, I think as long as they stick to stick to what they set out to do at the start of the season, I think they'll be fine. And, and like we say, hopefully we'll see them up there at the end of the season. And Matt, obviously Morecambe have just beat Barrow, like you've said, but... They are quite low down in the table, and and Salford will be a tough game by all accounts. Everyone knows um, how well they've done since since well they, can't, they got the takeover by the uh, the Manchester boys. Um, is that going to be a really really tough game based on the fact that they have been struggling to this point? They have got a win under the belt in the last game, but Salford is going to be a tough game. I think they'd argue that that every game in League Two is a tough game. Um, I don't think they'll be looking at you know who owns the club and. And anything you know off the pitch, I think they'll, their mentality will be show up on the day, we'll play the way we play, and we'll uh, obviously aim to come out with three points at the end. Um, yeah, I, I think, like I say, they're at home, they've got familiar surroundings, and as long as they stick to what they're good at, which Derek Adams seems to have really installed that into their minds this season, then um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do come out with a win. Yeah, just finally, before we move on to, to League One and away from Mark and touching on that Salford game, Carl. Who who do you think that Morecambe need to keep quiet from the Salford side of things? I think Ian Henderson is probably a guy that should be keeping a close eye on the pitch. They should be marking him quite tightly. I think he's been scoring goals for fun, and I think if they can keep him quiet, they've got a good chance of stopping a big threat in that Salford side.
And now on to League One, Ben. We're going to go look at Blackpool first. How have they been doing this season? Yeah, so Blackpool are sitting 13th at the table, in the table at the minute. The, the record is played 26, won 12, drawn 4 and lost 10. And obviously League One is, is a quite a tight league this year. Um, the, they've scored 30 goals, conceded 26, so about the same. And in terms of form, you would say they couldn't be doing any better at the minute. They've, they've won four out of the last five kept a clean sheet in all of those games. The only game they lost in the last five is Ipswich away. They lost 2-0. Um, but I know a lot of people have been doubting them recently, saying, you know, the teams that they're beating have been at the bottom end of the league, Wigan, Northampton, Rochdale. But yesterday, they beat Portsmouth 1-0 away from home. Portsmouth are fifth. You know, at one stage this season, they were top of the league. Um, so in terms of Blackpool season so far, I would say it's been a bit of a mixed bag. But more recently, they have come to come to life and, I wouldn't say that the playoffs is something that they couldn't reach this season. Um, for me, the league is that tight that, you know, I think they have still got a good chance if they carry on this winning run. Yeah, Ben, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I know you said that the league is, is tight and it certainly is this year. Um, what would you say Blackpool need um, to be able to push on to be more of a recognised, um, you know, top 10, top seven side? I think that I think the thing they're looking for, Matt, is consistency. Um, obviously, as I've just mentioned, they kind of got that in, in the last five games. But I think all season it's been a case of they'll have a couple of good results and then maybe drop off. Um, I think what I would say about Blackpool is that over the season, in certainly in leagues one and two, um, your squad is is a huge thing. If you've got a squad depth, it's a huge advantage, and that's certainly something that Blackpool have got. I think they've got the prowess up front in terms of Jerry Yates has scored nine this season so far. Um, and I think they've got they've got Medin, Anderson, um, amongst others. They, to be fair, when I looked at the squad uh, as a bit of research for this podcast, they have got squad depth in every position. I don't think that they will, you know, they've got injuries now. They've got Marvin Ekpateta out at the back. And I think they've got players that will come in and, and do just fine. And I think... With Blackpool as well, they've got Neil Critchley as manager who, obviously, we know he, he was drafted in from Liverpool's under-23s. Um, and I think that will play a big part in any success that Blackpool have, purely because of his contacts. You know, you look at the lineup on on against Portsmouth yesterday, they had Luke Garbert uh, and Kevin Stewart. Now, they came from Everton and Liverpool, respectively, backgrounds. Now, it's clear that he knows that scene, the youngsters and those coming through. And to get players like that and Ellie Sims up front, for example, I think players like that can help Blackpool. Ben, you touched on the, their last game against Portsmouth. A big, a big win there, fifth. They play fourth next in Doncaster. Is that another game where they could be picking up points or do you think it's going to be a really tough game for them? In terms of Donny, Donny are another strange side, really. I think Doncaster wouldn't be someone at the start of the season that me personally would have assumed would have been right up there. But I think they've proved that they've got the grit to to cause teams problems. You know, never say the attitude, which you need in League One. I think the equalising something like the 112th minute um, yesterday against Hull to get a point. And it's those sort of results that can matter at the end of the season. So for me, if Blackpool can get a point, I think being at home will help because we all know that Blackpool's pitch isn't the best. And if you're used to playing on that pitch, that can make a difference. I think a draw would be a good result. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't say Blackpool won't win because obviously never say never. But I would say if he took a point, if you probably offered Neil Critchley a point now, he'd bite your hand off. Callum, we've seen Blackpool uh, do relatively well in the FA Cup. Obviously, they reached the fourth round, but were knocked out by Brighton. But on the way, they beat you know Premier League side West Brom. They beat Fleetwood. A few you know good good results for them there. They seem to be doing okay now in the run of form, as Ben mentioned, four wins in five. And potentially, you know, I'd say a late push for maybe a promotion place or a playoff place. Do you think Blackpool fans will be happy with the season so far? Yeah, I think, well, it's hard, obviously, because they've come from, obviously, when when my own team were in the, the Premier League, I know we were in there with them, and they've come from that sort of, you know, those times where they were... I'm never going to sort of stay up in the Premier League, but they've sort of come from there. Obviously, a lot's happened, but I suppose you could say going more unbeaten 
this side of the, the season, get another few good wins. I suppose, was it a cup run? I suppose you could say it was when they've beaten West Brom. So, yeah, I, I think they could be, but I suppose they could be happier. But I think one of the main things is, are they happy with Neil Critchley? I think it's worth mentioning, obviously, in terms of their ownership over the past, um, well, when, whenever the Oysters were in charge, um, they, uh, you, could, you could say that they just hated life under the Oysters. And I think anything better than that is, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost encouraging Blackpool fans to be patient. So as long as they're heading in the right direction, then they're going to be patient. They're not going to be expecting to be, you know, championship pushing on for Premier League promotion as long as they're on the up I think they are well they'll be in a good place first and foremost but I think the fans will just be patient because they know where they've been and now they can look forward to potentially where they're going yeah I've got to agree with you there Matt I think obviously Neil Critchley um, took over I think it was the 2nd of March last year so obviously it's been a bit of a whirlwind year with what's gone on coronavirus etc uh, but I think they are in a good place now, both on terms of in terms of on the pitch and off it. And I think you are right in the fact that the fans are, are clearly much happier now that the Orsons are gone. I think it's a case of where can they finish come the end of the season. I think if they if they were to just miss out on the playoffs, it I think it's still a successful season because you know you, you, like you said you're always moving upwards, and I think if they don't get into the playoffs this year certainly next year, if they can keep hold of these players um, that they've got on loan, even some of the ones that they've signed permanently. I think if they can keep hold of the core of the squad next season, they will build towards promotion. And speaking of clubs that have, you know, maybe parting ways with managers or, or thinking about it, Fleetwood parted away with Joey Barton this season. Um, they sit 16th at the minute, Ben. Um, obviously, a season where your manager gets sacked can never be a good season. Uh, can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, well, like you said, they sit 16th at the minute, Fleetwood. Um, near rivals to to Blackpool, if you want to call it that. Um, there's four points difference in them and Blackpool, but in terms of Fleetwood themselves, I think the big problem for them is scoring goals. Um, I think that is the reason that they are so low down in the table, amongst probably off-the-field things. Um in terms of on the pitch, they've only scored 33 this season and Paddy Madden has seven of them with Town Camps getting eight. So that's 15, almost half. And then if you had Chad Evans, who obviously they, they sold him in January to Preston, he had five. So I think your problem there is you're relying on three people to get most of your goals and one of them's left. Um, obviously, Joey Barton left under sort of negative circumstances, if that's the right word. And I think from if you look at the record from the start of December, they've only won two games to date, and we're now midway through February towards the end of February. Um, you know, is it good enough? Probably, you would say if you look at it overall, where Fleet would have come from, it probably is good enough. But I think there are clubs that want to be in the Championship. They, they want to build towards becoming a Premier League club eventually. Like you know. I'm not saying anytime soon, but they, that's what they want. Um, and I think there's problems off the pitch that need to be resolved to then allow the team on the pitch to get back to what they were in the last couple of seasons. Because, you know, last season, just for example, went out in the playoff semi to Wickham. Obviously, strange circumstances again with COVID, but to go from playoff semi finalists to now looking down the face of fighting relegation, it's not good enough. And just touching on the, uh, the the manager situation, do you feel like Simon Grayson was the right appointment, Ben? Um, I feel like he was probably the, the correct appointment for the time that they're in. I think it was sensible to give him a, a contract just for the end of the season because, personally, just my personal opinion, I don't think he will be there come the start of next season. I think it is a case of keeping Fleetwood in League One this time round and the next season, you know, sort of, Let's see where they can go. Let's see if they can rebuild. I think a lot of the key players left in January, um, sort of more experienced players, and I think that is a detriment to them. And again, I think it speaks volumes about what's going on off the field. Um, but yeah, I think Simon Grayson will probably keep them in the division if you look at his previous track record. Um, but after that, I think he'll be gone. 
Ben, how did Fleetwood get on in their in their game on Saturday? It was actually an improvement upon recent weeks. I mean, they've had a bit of a mixed bag of weight, but Saturday yesterday they drew one all home to Charlton, and astoundingly they had twenty two shots. Fleetwood, eight of them went on target, and Charlton had four shots, one on target, and it was one all. So I think that speaks volumes, you know. If you're having eight shots on target and 22 shots at a goal and you're only scoring one, that's not great. Callum, what do you think Fleetwood need to do to, to sort of get better at converting that? Is it a case of maybe they need to work on it more or do you think maybe they don't have the, the right players there? Well, I mean, you could, call, you, could talk, you could kind of see it when Barton was there. The sort of players weren't really playing for him. I think it was a case of he was getting wins against sides bigger than Fleetwood in League One for his reputation rather than the club's. And I feel like the players couldn't really express themselves as much as they wanted to. And I think Grayson's come in and sort of steadied the ship. And like Ben said, I think more of this season's ambition is more to just keep them above that sort of, well, anywhere lower than they are now. I think 17th, 18th and below is quite a dangerous place to be in any division, really. So I think they need to just sort of stay up this year. And, well... Obviously, I, I used to when when you see them when they're playing well, they are quite a good team to watch, and they do spray the ball about quite a bit. But they've lost that, and obviously, that's something they need to work on. But I think just staying up this year is uh, is is good enough based on how they have been this season. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Carl. Again, staying up it is a priority now. But I think you you have got to look at the the goal scorers, as I said before, because. You know, since the start of this year, they played nine league games, the, the calendar year. Uh, in nine, they scored five, and three of those came in one game against Doncaster. So that gives, yeah, that gives an indication of, of where things are going wrong because they aren't conceding that many. In, in the same amount of games, they've only conceded, I think it's, it's eight, and three of those came against MK Dons. So the, the problem is there's not a lot of goals in the game for either side but most recently the goals that have been going in have been against them and it's been 1-0 scorelines which isn't great they've drawn a lot of games as well haven't they um they seem to go through a spell i don't know if it was um after barton left and and the uh, the temporary manager was in was was in charge but they, they seem to have drawn just way too many games i know in the grand scheme of things obviously you'd rather draw a game than lose a game but you need to, like you say, surely they need to be a bit more clinical to to convert those draws into wins. Yeah, they've drawn nine games this season, um, and obviously, if you even if you say take three of them games and turn them into wins, that's another six points on the board. And as we discussed before, the league one table is that tight that six points could fire you up unknown unknown places. Um, they've got Sunderland up next away uh, tomorrow, or sorry, Tuesday coming up. Um, Obviously, that is a very tough game. I don't think that they will get out anything out of that just from looking from the outside in. But again, that's David versus Goliath because Sunderland is such a huge club in terms of history, etc. and where Fleetwood have come from. But that's no disrespect to Fleetwood because in the five League One games between the sides so far um, in the history, Fleetwood haven't lost. So is that a sign of, of things to come on Tuesday? Who knows? Definitely. I think it'll be a, a good game by all accounts. Um, could be a low-scoring game. Sunderland have only conceded 24 goals this season. Oh. The last League One side is uh, Accrington Stanley that we're going to cover. Uh, I think they've done relatively OK this season. Yeah, and Aki again, um, I think it's a case of... I wouldn't want to say overachieving, like, like you said earlier, because it's a bit of a disrespectful term, but I don't think many people expected them to be up where they are um, come this time in the table. They sit seventh at the minute. And they have games in hand on Sunderland and those above them. Um, so, who knows? Zaki could make a late playoff push. What do you think, lads? Um, yeah, why not? You know, um, what, a, what a fantastic job uh, John Coleman's doing there. Um, I think the fact that they've, uh, they've, you know, they've stuck with him for as long as they have done, I think they, they almost deserve it, don't they? Um, they play nice football. They've got a solid team. Um, you know, why, why can't they be up there at the end of the season? Callum, do you think uh, Agrington could push on further or do you think that their fans will be happy with where they are? 
Seventh, I think they'd probably be quite happy where they are. Obviously, they'd be happier going up, and I think that could be something they they aim towards. Obviously, they're 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 in touching distance at the moment, so I don't see why they can't. But I think overall, yeah, they would be pretty pleased with that, where they are right now. I think as well, obviously, Ash, uh, we've spoken to John Coleman last year through uni, and I think it, you know, the stature of the man that he is, and the the level of manager managerial experience that he's got. I think there isn't a better man that could be in charge of Aki at the minute. He knows the club so well. He knows everyone around the club. He knows the fans. I think Aki is a real family club. And and like Callum touched on there, if if they don't end up getting in the playoffs, then, hey, you know, what a season they've had anyway. I think they'll benefit from having Phillips up front from Burnley on loan, um, who obviously Matt touched on got taken off Morecambe. Um, and to be honest, I think they've got quite a solid squad. I think... They could do it. Will they do it? Because of the mentality that surrounds Akrins and Stanley, because of that infamous advert, I think a lot of people probably don't want them to succeed. And and I think if they do, then great. But if they don't, it is what it is. I think what season they've had anyway. Definitely. And just touching on the, the last game, a one-all draw with, with Shrewsbury. Like we said with, with Accrington already, it's not... I don't. Th- I wouldn't say it's a poor result because seventh is a, is a good place for them. But next up, Ben, they have they have Crew. What kind of game do you think that'll be? Personally, I think it won't be a really high scoring one because again, Crew are another side that got promoted from League Two last season, and I didn't expect them to be anywhere near where they are now. I think they've had quite a good season, all things considered. I think again, it's one of them games that, that could make or break Accrington's season because. You take a win from that, and it's a scrappy game, probably. It's a game that, like I said, won't be high scoring. I think this game could be exactly what I hear about. I think it could be grinding out a result, taking the points home, and you know, climbing up the league table as best you can. I don't think they're going about the business loudly. I think they're doing it in a, in a shy way, um, but quite a clever way. And I think come the end of the season, like I said, we very possibly could end up in those playoff places. And, and once you're in them, it's a bit of a mixed bag and it's a bit of a lottery. And with a game in hand on Sunderland and Portsmouth, the two teams above them, a win would put them above them into fifth. So it is very much exciting at the moment for John Coleman and Accrington. Moving on to the championship now, starting with Preston North End. Callum, how would you say they've done this season? So-so, I suppose. I think we see it with a lot of championship clubs. It's it's so tight again. And I think Preston are one of those sides. They finished ninth last year, which is quite good, sort of hitting it with the sort of bigger teams in the league. And I think, well, for me, I think I'd have, I'd have expected them to have pushed on from that this season. Um, they haven't. A lot of fans aren't too happy with Alex Neal. They're quite inconsistent. I think that's what we can see with them only winning one in five. Obviously, that was a big win away at Blackburn, but I think it's kind of just inconsistency, which is the case with a lot of clubs in the Championship. I just want to push the narrative out there as well, though, that they have obviously lost two of the biggest players in their side in Davis and Pearson. I suppose that sort of ripped the sort of soul out of the side. I know they've got... Ben Whiteman, they've got Jason Malumbu, who seem to be sort of, I wouldn't say fixing, but they're obviously doing as best they can in the midfield. I know when Preston came away to my club, Birmingham, and um, they beat us, it was Malumbu and Scott Sinclair that sort of tormented our defence. So they, they have got the players in there, but yeah, it's I suppose they've it's, it's just not where they would want to be, I suppose, 14th. They've lost four more than they've won, so I suppose that just speaks volumes, really. Yeah, what does it say about the mentality of the club, though, Cal, um, to let to let their two best players go for obviously Ben Davis once in a lifetime opportunity to Liverpool, really, but Ben Pearson to Bournemouth, really? Yeah, I suppose you could say it's not a huge upgrade, but I think in terms of the personnel Bournemouth have got, they've probably got a much better, sh- not so much better, but stronger chance of going up to the Premier League, and and I think that's obviously projected in the league positions, but. For Preston, I suppose, again, I touch on my own club. I see it with those. We're a selling club. And I suppose until Preston 
are consistently finishing top six, top eight, or at least where they were last year, they could possibly move away from that. But being 14th, I'd say you're not a solid, good championship club. I'd say you've got to be top 12, top 10 for that, because you see it with the Cardiffs, the Middlesbroughs. They're probably the ones, the Stokes, that can push that top six. So until they sort of change that picture, if you like, then that's probably what's going to be happening. I think it was probably about time Ben Pearson moved on, in my opinion. You, you touched on the inconsistencies, Cal. Um, obviously, they beat Blackburn uh, 2-1 away, which was a, a massive result for Preston. Obviously, bragging rights, local derby. Um, and then you look at the game yesterday. Everything just went wrong, didn't it? They, they conceded a first-minute penalty um, and they ended up two down. They, they've given two penalties, missed them both. And, and end up losing 4-0. Would you say when you look at Preston that it's a case of, you know, one step forwards, two steps back? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like you said, before the Blackburn game, it was another two losses to, to Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, who are literally two of the bottom three. And then before that, it was a draw against Reddings, who are obviously up there this year. So it's it's huge. I mean, before their win against Blackburn, it was a win against Birmingham, which was all the way back in mid-January. So... Yeah, it's, it is massive inconsistency, but whether that changes, I'm not sure. They seem to have been a better side away, but in saying that, they've obviously been beaten 4-0 to Cardiff yesterday. Do you think Alex Neal lasts the season, Cal? I think he lasts the season because I think he, I suppose you could say he replaced the players who left, but bringing in nine players isn't really, and, and throwing a lot of them straight in, it's never going to, wow. Not never, but it's, it's not going to work. Wonder straight away. And their next three, they've got QPR, Huddersfield and Millwall, who are literally very, apart from Huddersfield, who are having a quite poor season, they're two sides on the up, I think, QPR and Millwall, especially QPR with the um, Charlie Austin coming back. But they're, they're all just similar teams in the Championship. And I think another couple of wins for Preston, the fans will you know, lay off Alex Neal a bit until they go and win another two. Lose another two, I should say. There seems to be a lot a lot of um, talk about Alex Neal. Um, and a lot of the people that are for Alex Neal staying argue that he's a young manager. But for, for a fan and for someone who, who might have been watching Preston North End all their life, do you think that's a fair argument for a club that wants to be in the top half of the Championship? And, and one, well, no club doesn't want to be in the Premier League. I mean, they'll they'll want to be up there one day. Do you think that's a, a fair argument or do you think Alex Neal's time will come uh, will come up soon if they continue in the form they're in? Yeah, I mean, they're 14th. I think his time will probably come sooner. They're not really where they want to be and I don't think they're going to finish much above maybe 11th this year. A lot. I know, like you said about League One, Ben, the same as the Championship, that three, four, five points, whatever, can boost you miles. But obviously, QPR in massive form. And Preston do seem to be in a bit of a rut since that win against Blackburn. So I don't know whether they're even gonna even gonna pick up a draw against QPR. They beat Bournemouth yesterday, so I think his time might come up sooner than expected. Yeah, I feel like he's not. I know they did finish ninth under him last year, but you'd have expected them to probably, with the side they have, push and finish higher than that this year. And that's something they've not done. So I think, yeah, I think he could be gone by the start of next season. Yeah, just just to finish on on Preston, because obviously I know I know we've got other clubs to talk about. I think it's worth noting that for me, the championship is the least competitive that it's been in a while. Though um, I think th- there's a huge difference between the sort of top six, top seven clubs and and those in the bottom half. I think not just in club size overall. I think it, you've seen it in performance, squad results. You know how can the likes of, of Wickham, uh, with no disrespect to Wickham, compete with the likes of Watford and Bournemouth, who who have international Premier League quality stars in the squad that they they've managed to keep hold of from coming down from the Prem. I think for a team like Wickham, it's sort of about being themselves. As as weird as that sounds, they can sort of frustrate the bigger sides by by being that sort of bottom of the table figure. Is underestimated. They, they will probably go down, let's not sugarcoat it, but I think they can be that sort of team that can frustrate 
the bigger ones in the league, especially away from home. And we've seen that a, a few times this year. This year, I know they they beat Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago. So that's a sort of example of that. But I think for for Preston, it's just about winning the next few and then seeing. I mean, we've still got at least a quarter of the season to go, so it could massively improve. But like the championship, it's just just a bit of a whirlwind, really. Another tough game next for Preston with QPR. And I don't think Alex Neal's fortune is going to turn around anytime soon. But a win there could change um, their fortune and, and hopefully some of their players will start to settle and they'll push on for Neil. Um, we're moving on to the, the the second championship club in Blackburn. They started off fairly strong, I believe, but they've, they've fall, fallen off recently, haven't they? Yeah, I, 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 as a lot of people probably would have, I thought they were going to be right up there this year. And they still could be. They are 12th, but... They have they have fell off, yeah. I think again, it's it's possibly inconsistency that comes into play once again. It's just it's the trouble with a lot of sides. But they got thirty nine points, but they have lost the last four. That's obviously not fantastic. And it's it's the big talking point, I suppose, that the fans have probably waited to hear on the episode. It's Tony Mowbray. I'm not sure whether. He is the right man. I mean, four years, and in those four years, they've not really pushed on. So you could say his time is up. But what do you, what do you lads think? I think it's another interesting one with Tony Mowbray. Um, I think when he came in, um, I, I don't think any fans really expected him to to save them from relegation to League One. He came in a bit late, didn't he, that season? Um, but you know, from from the League One season onwards, he's really—I know at the time fans were saying he's really helped reignite the passion within Blackburn Rovers, um, not only for the playing staff but also for the for the fans. And I think you've got to keep that in mind. You know, as everybody knows, football is is a ruthless business. Um, managers are very rarely given um, opportunities or, um, or or time nowadays. And the the question you've got to ask is. Okay, you, if you're going to sack Tony Mowbray, who are you going to get in? Uh, I've got to agree with you there. Um, I think it, it's a difficult one just to even consider because obviously four years, like we've said, it's a long time in football now to be a manager at one club. You don't see it that often. I think probably for me now is the time that Mowbray is is sort of becoming disconnected with fans just from what I see on social media, etc. Um, I think that there's not a very strong contingent anymore that actually want him to stay, whereas when they were getting results at the start of the season, there was. I think, you know, for me, Tony Mowbray is a, a good enough manager for Blackburn, but not for where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think now, obviously, like you said at the start of the, the top of the programme, Ash, Blackburn have been out of Premier League football for 10 years coming up. Um, nine years this year and obviously in that time they've been down to League One and come back up and and I think fans now expect them to push back into the Premier League Not maybe not this season but I think from the way they started I think the, the playoffs have to be the aim and like Callum said I, I don't think they're without the, I think that they are within touching distance for the Rovers Yeah I think with, with the attack Blackburn have it's probably one of the more well, I'll say clinical, but it's probably an attack I'd look at and see players like Armstrong, Bradley Dack in there. Obviously, Sam Gallagher, awful injury yesterday. But I don't know. I think they've got the attack there. They've got the sort of, you could say, firepower to, to push on. But it's obviously whether they whether they do that and under Mowbray. It's not happened in the last, obviously, four years. And it is a really long time to be at a football club. And I think potentially, yeah, it could be it could be time to sort of turn a fresh page for the Rovers. Yeah, I think what I would say though is that the signings they have made, not just this season but last season as well, I think that is a statement of intent as to where the club wants to be. Because you know, just one example, they've got Taylor Harwood Bellish on from City at the minute, and I think without wanting to to put a money aspect on things, you don't invest in a player from Manchester City who will be on decent wages if you don't think that, A, he's going to do the job, and B, that, you know, he's worth it. I think what what would disappoint me if I was a Blackburn fan 
is that they made those signings and they still sit in the bottom half of the table. Yes, the championship's tight, but is it good enough at the minute? That's again, it's sort of like um, Preston, if you would, but maybe to a, an even stronger extent. Yeah, and touching on the signings, they've also got Harvey Elliott from Liverpool, and uh, he has been one of the standout players in the championship for me this season. He's a fantastic young talent. And again, you know, they've got this quality, um, not just on loan, they've got quality players in the side, you know, on a permanent basis. And they're not, you know, they're not on the up, are they? They're they're another inconsistent side that are potentially taking one step forward and two steps back. I think the argument is is that maybe Blackburn, the reason why Blackburn should stick by Mowbray is that the last time they had a manager who lasted for, for nearly four years was back in 2008 with Mark Hughes and before then with Sooners in 2004 and since then it's been on and off they've had six month periods years two years but not to the extent of what Mowbray's had which is four years coming up on the the 22nd of this month do you think maybe they're trying to to give him as much time as possible with the squad obviously we're with them in in league one do you think maybe it's a good idea to give him that time or do you think with how competitive the championship usually is they need to make the change in time for next season. There's probably a strong case for both, to be fair. I think if I was a Blackburn fan, I'd, pos- I'd probably say if City all rests on the season, really, they're still 12th, couple of wins, they're there or they're about there or thereabouts. So it, it all kind of depends on the, the way the season pans out. But if I was a Blackburn fan, maybe I'd move on just, just because, you know, the signings they've made, the players they've got, you probably would expect to put them in the sort of sixth to eighth bracket in that league. And I think that's obviously not where they are right now. They had a brilliant start to the season, but you could say they've completely fell off being a solid six places out of the playoffs. So, yeah, I think potentially moving on from him could be something they'd have to think about. Don't forget, he is, I suppose, quite an older manager. Maybe they would want... Because it seems with the the way Preston have their man Blackburn have their managers, it's like for a long period of time. So maybe they get a younger head in who they can keep there for a, a lot more years. Yeah, that's got to be the question. Like I said earlier, who can they realistically get in? Um, it's all well and good, like I say, wishing Mowbray out, but you know it would be a, a travesty for Blackburn if they were to get rid of the man who has delivered them their only bit of success in the last ten or however many years only to you know take a chance on somebody else and then go back to where they started they've got to be really careful with this one it's it's probably too early to speculate and stuff like that but one name that literally just came into my head could be someone they could look at i know they're quite a big club you could say um and i feel like this manager could come in and and do a job eddie howe i think that could be i know the burnley links but i think that could potentially be something they could look at um but obviously it's probably too early to speculate. There's not been huge talk, huge, huge talk of him leaving. I think that's sort of just a, a question people are throwing out there at the minute. I think for Mowbray and Blackburn, I don't think it's going to get much easier. Obviously, they've got Watford next. They've lost the last four games. Um, realistically, Watford, you know, they're in third. They've won the last three, unbeaten in the last four. How do you think that game's going to play out on Wednesday? Yeah, it- it's a game, though, that you wouldn't be surprised if Blackburn won it because I think, like Matt said, Harvey Elliott can, can win a game on his own. Um, I'm not saying he's he's going to be a generational talent, but I think certainly for the championship level, he's probably up there with the top players in the league, certainly for his age. Um, I think in terms of the actual game itself, though, Watford probably do go on and win it because... Just to go away from Blackburn, I think Watford are getting ready now to mount a proper automatic uh, promotion push. I think they have to because, um, obviously, come down from the Premier League last season, your aim's got to be to get straight back up. You don't want to be messing about in the playoffs because, like I said before, in any league of players for a lottery, you never know who's going to win them. Um, so, yeah, but I don't know what the other lads think. I think it will be a Watford win just based off their form. Um, but like you say, it could also be not saying Blackburn are a team that are obviously, you know, 23rd or whatever. But 
it could be a potential banana skin for Watford. Watford fans would probably look at that and think they'd, they'd expect to win that one. But who knows? I think it could be a game, yeah, it could be a game Blackburn look to win and could well win. And then if they do win that, well, they've got Coventry next, who have just beaten Brentford, but at home, Blackburn, Coventry, that's a game as a Blackburn fan I would expect to win. So who knows? Burnley, after losses to not Forest last time out, Barnsley, Preston and QPR in the last four, they'll definitely be wanting to bounce back soon and win better than against Watford, who were third and, and really uh, championship favourites to go up for me, really. Moving on to our second and final big talking point of today is Burnley, a club that has, you know, performed well since coming up. They've had a Europa League run whilst being up in the Premier League. But yesterday was not one of their brightest days. Matt, can you talk us through the, the performance against West Brom? Yeah, um, it's never going to be a good day when your oppositions are down to 10 men for 60 minutes and they deserve the win. Uh, they, they should have won by two goals. Um, I think I saw a few comments on social media that it was one of the worst Burnley performances that their fans have seen for uh, for quite some time. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd take... I take in consideration what Sean Dyche and what uh, James Tarkovsky said after the game. You know, they weren't defending the performances by any stretch of the imagination, uh, which I think is fair enough. It's refreshing to see that um, for for football fans. Um, But you have to consider as well that they've played 13 games in 42 days and they are plagued with injuries, aren't they? They have six senior players out at the minute. Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood, Eric Peters, Dale Stevens, Johan Berg-Gudmundsen and Robbie Brady. so it's it's a, a tough time for Burnley. And and if we look at their season as a whole, you know, they're currently 15th in the table. They're, uh, they've got 28 points and they're currently six points clear of the relegation zone. Um, you, you compare that to last season when they finished 10th. Um, I'd, I'd say it's been quite an underwhelming season, really, for the Clarets. Yeah, I think what you've got to take into consideration is, you know, Burnley... Let's make you know what did overachieve, um, you know, reaching the Europa League. And I think from then on, I'm not saying the fans sort of expected Europa League by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the fans expect the club to push on every season. And sometimes that's just not possible. I think you know, in football, that's got to be accepted. And I do think I do feel for Sean Dice, obviously, like you just said, the amount of players that he's got injured. Um, and I think he. It's a case of, I think I heard someone say this, but I think it's a case of for Burnley picking and choosing which games to go for to win. Now, obviously, from the outside looking in, West Brom at home, do you want to, well, you want to win every game. But do, do you pick that as a game to win? Yes. But if you can't win, don't lose. And Burnley didn't lose. So, in, in the grand scheme of the season, is it a bad point? No, for me. No, I, I, I don't think it's a bad point. But, you know, when you look into it in finer detail, like I say, 10 men for um, for, for 60 minutes of the game and they just they, they created nothing. You know, it was such a dismal performance um, and certainly one that, um, like I say, that, that the manager and, and the players, are uh, they can certainly recognise it was a, a poor day at the office. I think as well, it's a case of, well, I feel like any other team in the mix, your Newcastles, your... You brought your Brighton's even maybe a Fulham would have possibly nailed West Brom yesterday. I know you, there's an argument for why West Brom didn't win it because of the amount of chances they had and obviously the heroic defending and, and whatever by Burnley. But you could argue why Burnley didn't win it with West Brom being down to ten men. But that is a, a game Burnley should be winning. And obviously you look at the table; it's 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 not great being fifteenth. I don't think. Although I suppose it's a matter of squad depth as well with Burnley. Obviously, it's not as it's not as big of a squad as a lot of the other sides down there have, and they are obviously a well-drilled, well-coached side. So that's probably what's keeping them above the 17th, the 18th. But a game like yesterday, if they were if they were to win that, it could just propel them even just a couple more positions, and then who knows? I mean, Burnley, I reckon, should be finishing in the sort of 11th to 
to 13th, 14th bracket, not, you know, in the bottom five. Yeah, I think you mentioned as well there, Cal, squad depth. And I was surprised that Burnley didn't add anyone in January. Um, well, anyone of any significance, if I'm being honest. Um, I think, obviously, Burnley had the takeover. Um, and from then on, you expect, after the manager publicly saying, you know, players are needed, which I think most people from the outside looking in feel for him and know that. And, yeah, I was very surprised that no one came in. And I think that he just isn't helping the Clarets' cause at the minute. I think we're seeing, with no disrespect to them, youngsters being put on the bench purely because they have to be. Um, and it, it's not good when there's no one on the bench that you look to and you think, well, if the, if the game's nil-nil on, on 70, 60, 70 minutes, who's going to come on and win the game for you? To be honest, touching on that, I'm more surprised that they didn't recruit over the summer as well as they did. I know they brought Dale Stevens in, but you look at the players that they lost, um, which were you know the more senior players, Jeff Hendrick, Aaron Lennon and Joe Hart, um, and Dyche publicly was very unhappy about that. Now, you look at the January window, and yes, the takeover was completed a few days before the turn of the new year. I wasn't that surprised that they weren't as active because it's it's very soon after the takeover was completed. Um, and it would be, I don't want to say brave, but it would have been surprising if, you know, after so recently taking over the club, that the, the, the new owner, Alan Pace, starts splashing the cash instantly. Again, I think you could argue it was a nervy move, maybe, because, you know, it, they didn't recruit well. And if they go down, then the financial effects of that would be um, really poor on a new owner of a, of, a, of a football club. But I don't think I don't think Burnley will go down. And I think that um, they don't have any choice but to recruit significantly well in summer. Um, and I'm sure the fans will be hoping that that's what they'll do. I think what's so frustrating for Burnley is that this season they have beat Arsenal, they've beat Liverpool, they've beat Wolves. And, you know, they've, they've performed well after after what was a really slow start for Burnley. I mean, they were in the relegation zone for a good few weeks from the start of the Premier League. Um, and that's why it makes yesterday, I think, so frustrating from injury plagued. Um, you know, being injury plagued hasn't helped Burnley, but I can completely see why they're so frustrated with, with that. Do you think that's going to affect them mentally, you know, not being able to beat 10 men going into that Tottenham game? For me, Ash, I don't think so. I think... In the Premier League, you, you simply have to have the mentality that that game's gone now. Um, don't dwell on it. You know, pick yourself up, go again. For me, just, just going back to what uh, Matt said there, I think there are three worse sides in the division than Burnley, certainly. Can't see Burnley going down. Um, but for me, I think, yeah, yesterday is going to hurt. Yesterday is disappointing. But like I said, that game is gone. You've got to pick yourself up. And again, with the form that Tottenham are in, would it surprise you if Burnley picking up something against them, Cal? No, yeah, exactly. I think they could well go there and do what Burnley do to a lot of sides. Again, frustrate sides. And I think they could, yeah, potentially pick up at least a point. So it just depends. But one thing I just wanted to say, obviously going back to the previous point, might be a stupid point to make. I know they've got a new owner, so you would expect him to come in and splash the cash. Or at least not splash it, but spend some. But I'm not sure whether it's a mentality thing, but just from seeing it from previous years, the only player who I can see Burn who, who Burnley have bought in recently, who actually was a very good signing, was Stephen DeFore. And I think other than that, I don't really know whether they will sign many players that are going to propel them to the sort of top 10, top 12 of the league. I'm not actually sure whether they will change that sort of narrative and and sign many players. I'm not sure whether they will. Obviously, they, they'll want to and the fans will want to, but I'm not sure whether they actually will. Yeah, I think time will tell on that. Um, I know from previous years, uh, they, they didn't have that financial backing um, to make regularly uh, key signings, if you will. Um it goes without saying that the new owner is, I imagine, significantly wealthier than uh, the previous owner. Um, so, like I say, um, they didn't spend money in January. Um, so, we'll have to wait and see their transfer activity in summer. Because I think if they are to start 
you know, meaning business in the transfer window. I think we will see that in summer. I think Dash is definitely the, the, the right man for the job. Um, for you, Matt, is, is Burnley a solid Premier League side now and, and is Dash the right man as well? I think they have to be. I think any team that can stay in one of the most competitive leagues in, in, in world football for, you know, four or five seasons on the bounce, I think they have to be considered, you know, a well-established team in that division. Um, with regards to Deitch, I, I, yeah, there's absolutely no question for me. He's, he's definitely the right man for the job. Um, it baffles me when I see on social media fans calling for his head after, uh, after a poor, um, you know, a poor spell, a, a few losses. Again, it comes down to loyalty. You look at when Deitch first joined the club, um, the first six months was below average. It was really quite poor. I think he'd even admit that. And it would have been quite easy for the club to turn around and say, you know, it's not working, off you go kind of thing. Now, if that would have happened, then you could argue that Burnley wouldn't be where they are now. So I think Deitch has earned the loyalty from the board and... Um, and yeah, uh, for me, no question that, uh, that, that there's no better man for the job than Sean Dyche. Yeah, from where I'm standing, I think when Sean Dyche leaves Burnley, I think it's got to be his choice. I think I don't think there's ever, ever got to be a question of, of him being sacked unless something appalling happens. Um, I think, it, it, like you said, Matt, it's a sign of loyalty nowadays that maybe some people on social media do call for his head. Um, I think... He's got Burnley to where they are um, from being a mid-table championship club. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I just don't see why he would leave because the job he's doing is perfectly fine from, from the outside looking in. Um, and I think, you know, I, I know a lot of Burnley uh, supporters and I, I, not one of them, not one of the people that I know wants him to go. I think... These people that sort of sit behind the council on social media asking for that, I'm not going to say they're not true fans because I don't know them, but I would question the level of support, to put it politely. Yeah, and, and again, we look at what happened last time Burnley were relegated from the Premier League. Um, the, the board stood loyal with Deitch. He, um, he, he, you know, next season win, win the league. Um and again, would that have happened with a, a new manager at the helm? I'm not so sure. And as well, you know, a lot of people forget that in the second half of that season, Burnley go 23 games unbeaten. Now, that is difficult in any level of football. So that just shows you what Dyke is capable of when he's, you know, when when people stick by him. And it would be absolutely baffling if if anything was to change in that respect. I think. From from the outside looking in again, I do think he'll. I don't think he'll go anywhere anytime soon. But I think for that to happen, I th I think even going down, he'd stay. But I think it would have to take a poor season in the championship for him maybe to go. But at the same time, from a sort of expectation standpoint, if you are to invest and spend money on players, which is obviously, I reckon, the hope and expectation. Where, if that happens, and then you're still in the sort of 14th to 16th category then, then maybe the questions start because I think one thing we've seen with Burnley is they're an organised, well-drilled side. Everyone knows their job and it's pretty much down to depth that you do see the same players every single game pretty much, which isn't a bad thing. But I think if they are to invest heavily and then you know not improve from where they are now, I think then maybe questions could start to start to come in slowly. Yeah, that's that's a, a very good point. You know, Deitch, because he hasn't had that financial backing, he's never had the pressure of, you know, spend big and then um, make results happen. He, he's never had to prove, you know, millions upon millions of money being spent. He's never had to prove the worth of that. And it'd be really interesting to see that, you know, if he is uh, backed financially um, significantly, it'd be interesting to see if there is any pressure uh, with regards to that. I don't think you can sack a manager who's had a pub named after him anyway. Um, <laughs> I think that's a great place to end. Next week, Burnley fans will be hoping for a, a better game. And as Ben said, with Spurs' current form, there's no better time to capitalise. Uh, thank you to Ben, Matt and Callum for joining me. We'll be back again next week. If you want to get involved or if you have any talking points that you want us to discuss, then feel free to get in touch. All of our Twitter accounts will be in the podcast description. 
This is the Lancashire Football Show, and I am your host, Ashley Edwards, and we'll see you next week.